Hello, Iolani. Welcome to the first episode of the Imua Newsroom podcast. My name is Chisato Taburi, class of 2025, and I hold a, a very important title on Imua's editorial staff as the official podcast bro. Uh, with me today is Olivia Liu, class of 2024, uh, Imua's very own art director. So today is a very special episode, not just because it's the uh, first episode, but because we're going to be discussing the new Ariaga Student Center from Dr. Cottrell himself to learn a little bit more about what went on behind the scenes and how it came to be. But before we get to that, let's just briefly go over what the Ariaga Student Center is and what it's going to look like. So the Ariaga Foundation has been very active in helping our school, previously donating towards initiatives such as the free swimming lesson program for students from Palolo Valley as part of Yolani's Ka'i program. More recently, the Ariaga Foundation has very generously donated $10 million for our school's upcoming project in building the new student center, aptly named the Ariaga Student Center, which will be replacing our old student center. But really, this new student center has been an ongoing project since 2015, and this is something that all members of the Board of Governors have been contributing donations to, and a lot of alumni are really excited for this project. Uh, the center itself is being designed by WCIT and Gensler, both award-winning architectural firms. WCIT is a leading design consulting firm in Hawaii, and they've helped to design and renovate spaces like the Turtle Bay Resort, the Royal Hawaiian, and the UH Hilo College of Pharmacy. Agencer was actually recognized as the number one architecture firm in the world by Interior Design Magazine, and the number one architecture firm in the U.S. by the Architectural Record and Building Design and Construction Magazine. And they've designed some really impressive spaces like the Creative Media Center at the University of Hawaii at West Oahu Academy. So it's safe to say we're, we're in pretty good hands. The Iolani website has a page for the Ariaga Center with a lot of great information, like the design and floor plan. So we definitely encourage taking a look at that. Olivia, go ahead and walk us through the actual features of the Ariaga Student Center, since that's probably what most of us are actually interested in. Right. Absolutely. So the center will have three distinct entryways, one from upper school, one from lower school, and one main entry from St. Albans Chapel, making the center a truly integrated heart in our school's community. The main entrance is going to be situated right across St. Albans Chapel. There are going to be three floors in the center, with the extensive two-story dining space. It's probably going to be the biggest feature. On the first floor, there is going to be a large commercial kitchen, a campus store, a wellness center, four sixth-grade classrooms, and a sixth-grade courtyard. On the second floor, you'll find the faculty and staff lounge, which will overlook the dining hall more outdoor seatings and dinings, four sixth grade classrooms, and four upper school classrooms. And on the third floor, there will be an extensive outdoor event space, a terrace overlooking Waikiki, a Skyland terrace, a Diamond Head terrace, upper school classrooms, office spaces, and student recreation areas. On each floor, there's also restrooms and elevators, of course. And there are outdoor event space on the third floor as well, which will host events. The most striking feature about the third floor, however, is probably its mindfulness space, which even includes a tea house. Moreover, all third floor event spaces have stunning unobstructed views of Diamond Head and the Waikiki skyline. We look forward to hosting events for our school and alumni community there. These areas will provide great spot to observe games on the Iolani baseball field below. 
Wow, that's really exciting. What stands out to me the most is how all of this seems very intentional in terms of facilitating socialization and mental health and providing more recreational opportunities and space, including residential life students. It's kind of a stark contrast from the Sullivan Center, which is ascribed as the Center for Innovation and Leadership, even on the websites, described as you know the space to facilitate our intellectual capacity to analyze problems and be able to create innovative solutions. But on the other hand, this new student center seems to be going in a Another really cool direction where the focus is on social, emotional well-being and mental health, something that I think a lot of us can benefit from. But I'm curious as to, you know, what you think as a senior and former residential life student. What are your thoughts on this? As a former rest life student, I'm really excited and happy to see this change as there are more spaces and opportunities for the rest life program to intermingle with the day school and bond a stronger friendship. Moreover, a nice place to hang out after school for both day student and rest life students is a bonus for sure. I completely agree. Uh, I'm really excited for future Iolani students who will have this space to explore the social and emotional aspects of learning in a really uh, innovative and integrated way. But without further ado, let's hear from the guy behind it all. Dr. Cottrell, head of school, Iolani School. So can you give us like the proposed timeline of the project? You know, um, when will the current student center be demolished? You know, when, when is construction going to start? How long do you estimate it's going to take? And Yeah, so we've been working on this for more than a year, the process leading up until now. Uh, we're going to keep the student center as is until the end of this school year. Uh, it will be demolished very soon after the end of the school year, the beginning of June. Um, after that, it's an 18-month construction timeline. So that completes the building at the end of 2025, and the opening of the building will be second semester of that school year, the 25-26 school year. So I guess one question that a lot of us are thinking is, you know, how did it all start? You know, what, what planted the seed for this idea um, and really what into the decision to replace the current student center and, and build this, this Arriaga Student Center? This goes all the way back to 2014-2015 when we wrote the current strategic plan for the school and started the campus master planning process. And at that time, we decided to expand the student body, the population of the school, in two different ways. We added a boarding program, right, where we put on the books the idea that we're going to add a boarding program. And we also looked at building the K-1 community, which changed our kindergarten entry point by adding 24 more students. Okay, so you can roughly think of that as, in general terms, the boarding program adding 24 or 25 students in grades 9, 10, 11, 12, about 100 students, and the kindergarten program adding 24, which over the course of 13 years will add 13 times 24 more students. So that block of students now has been moving up in the lower school for six years. I think it's at the fifth grade right now. So at that time, we also had to think about how do we manage student services on campus, right, when we're going to add, um, you know, that many students. And knowing that our upper school classes at the time, I think our upper school grades were maybe 240, 245-ish, and this will grow to maybe the 290s, right, in terms of what an upper school grade looks like. So Student Center, obviously, the ability to distribute food services um, to the student body was was on the table. and. At that time, we had a plan where we were going to keep the existing student center, and we were going to create 
something like an indoor-outdoor food court, and that right next to the, where kind of the dormitory is now, sort of. But, but that would mean we would have to tear down that administrative housing that's right there on Convention Drive. And in that spot, we were going to make kind of an upper school indoor-outdoor food court idea and then keep the student center for just the lower school and, you know, different events and uses and things like that. Around 2020, we began to reevaluate that plan and we asked an architecture group to draw us up a student center concept. So they drew up a concept for a building that was basically just a slightly a larger and nicer version of our current student center, right? So more people could occupy the space uh, for lunchtime. At, we were also, though, looking at the impact of adding students to the school and wanting to decrease the class sizes. So not grade level sizes, but the number of students that sit in a class. So for instance, our lower school sixth grade classes, I think are, you know, generally are between 22 and 24 students, right? And so the, the, the desire there was what would we have to do to get that down to maybe 18, right? So all along the way, as we've expanded the school, we've also focused in the upper school on keeping class sizes small, right? We, we target pretty much 16, plus or minus one maybe. And in the lower school, we've decreased every grade, class sizes in every grade leading up through. So that created a new expansion issue for the school, and that's not having enough classrooms. So after we did that modeling of, the, of a new student center in 2021, we went back and wrote a new request for proposals to 10 architecture firms worldwide, and we included a lot of this additional expansion. So we included eight additional classrooms for the lower school for sixth grade, and this idea of creating a sixth grade community in the student center. We included eight additional classrooms for the upper school, right, to, or to maintain kind of the expansion that's going through the upper school and the small class sizes that we want. Uh, we, stuck, we kept with the idea that we need a much larger um, actual dining hall, Right, So that was much larger, but we also wanted to take the opportunity to then do a bunch of other things. So we expanded the wellness center. Um, we're creating a bookstore that's very much like a college bookstore, right? Like a, like a real logo shop kind of idea that I think will be really great. We wanted to um, slightly increase the faculty lounge that, current, that exists in the current student center. And then the idea of adding a floor that would provide during the day seating for lots of students you know, 500 to 800 students and serve the school for different kinds of events. When we have the alumni come back and things like that, we could have big events where we're looking out over Waikiki and facing Diamond Head and things like that. That then entered the picture. That entered the picture mainly because of the experience with the pandemic, that we put the tents up. Seemingly everybody loves the tents, but the tents are going to have to come down at some point. And so can we build a student center that accommodates the same kind of seating that the tents are now doing on our campus, right? So that made the building bigger. So we went th went from our current student center that's a little over 16,000 square feet to the next idea of the drawings we got around 20 or 2020. Maybe that was 24,000 square feet to the one we have now, which is about 65,000 square feet. It's a much, much bigger building, right? And then the last part of it that came into the picture was um, thinking about the boarding program and the places where our boarding students have to go after school 
and, and interact more with day students, more social space, right, for the boarding program. So that led us to also create, I think it's maybe about 4,000 square feet on that third floor that'll be kind of a student-centery kind of stuff, like games and ping pong table stuff for after school, uh, but then also a, a larger study area, right, that's um, another place that, they, that our boarding students can go to in addition to the library after school. Well, so I, you know, the process I just described was very long, right? You know, that was, it's been going on for a long time. So it starts with the board of governors, right? You know, our board of governors is always looking at kind of the longest term decisions for the school and kind of the strategic direction of the school. Um, it became part of our strategic plan. So as we um, begin to unfold the expansion of the school, right? We did it in different phases. So we first built the dorm, then we built the K-1 community, then we built the Lower School Innovation Center, and we built the Lower School Performing Arts Center. And so the last part of this first phase of campus expansion was the student center, right? So this has been something under discussion for a long time that many people have been involved in. We had a, I think it was last year, we, we had a little charrette with the faculty where everybody got to essentially build their own student center where everybody was around a table and they were given materials and we put up these different aspirational ideas of what we wanted to include in the building. So people built them out of um, cans and, um, you know, cardstock and things like that. And so everybody had different versions of buildings. And then we engaged the architecture firm with the results of those get togethers, right? You know, with, with everybody. And this is then what we had as a specification for the building that we took to architecture firms. Those 10 firms came back. There was a committee of the board that evaluated those 10 firms. We ended up narrowing that down over maybe was a six month period of time to two finalist firms. They then came and presented and we narrowed it down to the finalist firm, right? And so that, that was a board level decision making um, to get to the actual group uh, that's designing the building we're gonna build. Yeah, so that was one that was just a general open exercise for everybody, okay? Once we got the building um, designed and we decided on the architecture firm, we then were able to identify the groups of stakeholders who were in the building, right? So, you know, it's our nursing staff and other people who are the main stakeholders for the wellness center, right? For example, you know, our, the people from Sodexo are the main stakeholders for the kitchen area, right? Um, and so on. And from there, we made charrette groups for each of those stakeholder areas. And I don't remember how many, but maybe 10, you know, for example, different groups of people who were stakeholders in the building, they then met with the architecture firm. And the architecture firm, this is really the process of trying to make sure we don't forget anything or, you know, don't, don't make any kind of mistakes in the functionality and practicality of the design. Each of those groups met and had a charrette, and that then influenced further um, the design of the building.
So, you know, you described how you know, all these different stakeholders met with the the architecture group and how, from my understanding, there were also um, a lot of faculty meetings that led up to this. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess my question is, throughout all these faculty meetings, you know, what were the major concerns or the major topics that you discussed? I, I don't know if I don't remember a lot of major concerns about moving from our current student center to a new student center, right? I, I think our current center... There's a certain kind of romantic fondness for the current student center, a lot with alums who were here, you know, a, a while ago. I think objectively, if you really consider the building, we've outgrown it, you know, and it's kind of at end of life. And then the prospect of building something that better suits the needs of the school right now, I, I think the vast majority of people are excited about that. I think if there's anything that was you know, some people perhaps were disappointed because we couldn't include additional things in the building, right? There had to be some constraint on the scope of the building, right? And so there, there were other functional areas that we discussed, including in the building, that in the end didn't make it to the final cut, right? So that, you know, could have been an area of disappointment for some people. But I think it's, you know, it's, it's going to serve the school very, very well. Exciting. On that note, you know, what aspects of the Arriaga Student Center excites you the most? I think having a big gathering area will be really nice, you know, the first floor. Uh, I think the sixth grade community uh, will be a really wonderful addition for the lower school. Probably what, in terms of features, what I like the most is on the third floor, the space we're creating that where we can have tea ceremony and it's a quiet, unplugged space and it's kind of a meditation kind of space. Just the, um, the tone that sets for how important it is for all of us, especially students, to become more capable of managing the, um, the intrusion, right, that our phones and all of the different places we're getting information from makes on our life all the time, right? And, you know, just making a statement as a school that, you know, a big part of that third floor is going to be a place where being quiet and, you know, collecting yourself and being present is actually an important skill in this very noisy world in which you are all growing up. Yeah, so we anticipated the project and used uh, the pandemic to help us restructure food delivery, right? So, um, you know, during the pandemic, we changed to pre-ordering food and then picking it up in certain locations. Um, and now after the pandemic, even when there, we still have the current student center, we're still doing that, right? So food distribution um, doesn't really use the student center itself, other than maybe as a location, like you go to this door to get this selection. Uh, food preparation still happens in the food in the student center. So what we have to account for is food preparation. And what's going to happen there is we've been working with Sodexo, our, our food prep company, and we'll end up with, I think, two large um, food prep trailers that will go on the asphalt area that's in front of the art building. So that'll have one that's all about food storage. The other one will be all about food preparation. 
it'll be the same kind of operation that then is distributed around campus the same way we do it now, right? The locations might not be exactly the same because the student center will be a construction site, but it might be, you know, in this area you pick up option A, right? Either plate lunch, and in this area you pick up salad, in this area, you know. So I think that'll be fine. It'll be disruptive for a while in terms of having this huge construction site in the middle of our campus. Um, but, you know, we'll, it, it, I think it'll feel somewhat similar to when we built the Sullivan Center. When we built the Sullivan Center, that was a big construction site right in the middle of campus. So it just puts up barriers and limits some of the space that we enjoy right now. And the other thing that's kind of interesting, this will be the first project on the campus that uses a tower crane. So we'll have one of those big tower cranes like you see for building you know, large skyscraper type buildings around campus, around town. I mean, we'll have one on campus. Community, right? You know, the student center is the one building that touches everybody nearly every day, you know. So having a building that is the center of community for us and can really express how much we believe in community and connectedness, that's what it's all about. All right. Well, that wraps up our very insightful interview with Dr. Cottrell, giving us the inside scoop on this exciting new addition coming soon to our campus. As Dr. Cottrell highlighted, community and integration are really the defining aspects of the Arriaga Student Center. And with its innovative student center design, it really does embody Iolani's commitment in nurturing all kinds of student life. This rings especially true now with the Mental Health Awareness Week and the No Homework Weekend coming up really soon, uh, which I'm really excited about. And I think viewing this center as a new chapter for our school, as Dr. Cottrell mentioned, it's a really fascinating way to look at it. Uh, personally, I see the center as a really cool and frankly, very much necessary departure from the kinds of rigorous academic pressures that you know we're so accustomed to. Again, it's really amazing to see this direction our school is taking here towards an academic environment that embraces social emotional well-being. And even with all that set aside, we're talking sun-soaked tea houses, sprawling views of Waikiki and Diamond Head, ping pong tables, and all kinds of new recreational spaces. That alone is just beyond cool. With all that said, we hope this interview gave you some insight into the kind of work, dedication, thought, and vision that went into this massive project. Thank you again so much for tuning in to the premiere of the Emu Newsroom podcast. And stay tuned for our next episodes where we'll cover plenty more cool topics like this one. 